This is Everyday Ayurveda and Yoga, recorded at Halepule on beautiful Kauai. Each month we cover topics that can help you find balance in your life through food, good living, and the eight limbs of Raja Yoga. Learn more at halepule.com. And here's the show. Hello everyone, this is Myra and Kelsey with Halepule's Everyday Ayurveda and Yoga podcast. We've been posting our podcasts monthly for over a year, and we really enjoy hearing the response. A number of people from all over the world have commented to us about what they're doing as a result of listening and working with us. One day, I talked with clients in Switzerland, Australia, Japan, and Saudi Arabia. It's amazing that the principles apply anywhere in the world to most anyone open to it. I remember when the Saudi Arabia clients scheduled their consultations. You commented that you'd be familiarizing yourself with the types of food they have available so that you could apply the principles to fit their needs. Part of the beauty of Ayurveda is that it's unchanging and based in natural principles that apply whatever time and place. No matter how life changes, we can view it through the lens of Ayurveda to bring dosha and agni balance and to move towards sattva balance and harmony. Our topic today is be your own healer with Ayurveda and yoga. Many people in today's culture doubt they can heal themselves. We are taught from an early age to rely on the medical profession for our health and often accept what doctors say without understanding how we got there in the first place. This lack of understanding of our holistic nature it brings harm and suffering to us. And then not considering how the ahar, our diet, and vihar, our lifestyle, cause our problems. This is what keeps us in the dark. There's a saying, if nothing changes, nothing changes. If we're doing something that's causing a problem, and we need to do, change what we're doing so that we can get rid of the problem. Symptoms can be masked or removed in some cases, but without adjustments to how we live our lives, the problems will come back or show up in another place in the body or the mind. This blind acceptance of diagnosis shows how disempowered we've become. And ongoing identification with a diagnosis is limiting our view of ourselves and our experience in life. We have clients who list drugs, supplements, or herbs that they've been told to take. And when we ask them why they're taking them, they aren't sure. They're often surprised when they realize that they don't know why they're taking something. In my late teens and early 20s, I had acne. My doctor never once talked to me about how or what I ate and how that affected my skin. Instead of guiding me to stop snacking, chew my food, and not overeat in any one sitting, she moved me from one acne medication to another, trying to find one that would clear it up. As she kept increasing the strength of the medicines, I vaguely wondered why even the strong medicines didn't seem to easily fix my skin. Now it's obvious to me that everything I was doing in my life was counter to my skin clearing up, so it wasn't. I also had excess vata and pitta as a child and teenager. As a result, I had light menstrual spotting for three weeks out of a month, ongoing. The doctor put me on birth control pills even though I was not sexually active. Aside from the continual bleeding, I didn't have other cycle symptoms at all until I started the pills. Then I had terrible cramps, along with depression and headache. 
Now I can see those were signs that vata was aggravated and my body was rejecting the chemicals. What I love about Ayurveda is that it shows us the clearer cause and effect. In my work with you, I didn't just learn what the problem was, but I discovered how I arrived there and what I could do differently to change my life and prevent the problems in future. Giving away our power comes from what ignorance, from not knowing, uh, which is called avijja in Sanskrit. Avijja is one of the kleshas or afflictions that are a part of the human experience. And this ignorance arises as a result of, of disconnection from ourselves and from nature. When we're connected, we intuitively know what to do to be healthy. I remember my first retreat with Halipule. We had nine days of kitchari, and for the first time in my life, I wasn't bloated and gassy. I went home and adjusted my cooking from opening cans of beans and topping up veggies for raw salads to cooking my food with the 60-40 augmenting to extractive ratio. That, along with a number of other changes, including not eating before bedtime, no food between meals, and having fruit separate from other food, completely cleared up my skin in less than a year. It was pretty amazing. Myra, you've healed yourself from a couple of diseases identified as leukemia and rheumatoid arthritis. Was it easy for you to take the holistic approach? And did you have some fear or even resistance from friends and family? Well, actually, it was easy for me to make that decision as I'd had experience with surgeries and pain medication as a teenager. And I realized that something was not right with that approach. I chose not to talk about these problems when they came up later, so as not to feed it with my energy. And also, so I was not subject to other people's fear. I didn't spend time going over it again and again. I, I got the understanding that I needed, and I went around and did some research. But it turned out that my interconnection to the God of my heart is what kept me out of fear most of the time, that I was able to keep that connection. I had a few close friends who provided the support that I needed, so when I needed to talk about something, I would talk about it with them. But mostly you were selective about who you even told about it? That's right. I, there were many people that knew me fairly well that I didn't tell about it because it was going. they were people that were going to respond with mm -hmm. fear. Those are powerful examples that self-healing is possible. Natural, holistic approaches to healing may seem to take longer, but really don't when you look at the total picture of life. It's a long-term view rather than a short-term fix. And rather than leave the underlying problem brewing, it supports sustainable health and transformation. The most important component is the emotional clearing and that works on the subtle energies. That's what provides the speed to bring true healing. So with patience and persistence, self-healing works better than anything else, and it's sustainable. Using herbs in an Ayurvedic approach is, a, is very different than using drugs or herbs in a Western approach. So we might use herbs in, in a self-healing situation. Drugs and herbs are typically used with the intention to make the body do something different than it's doing. 
Herbs used in an Ayurvedic approach are blended in a formula to support the body to do what it knows how to do naturally. And they're given to support the healing process by assisting the removal of the cause of the problem. And then that supports the body to go back to its natural state. And the body will do this when we turn ourselves in the direction that allows our energy to flow. Remember, though, our most powerful medicine beyond our emotions is what we eat and drink and how we live each day. There's a lot of fear around not going to the doctor. A current client goes to the doctor for her regular checkups, even though she has no intention of listening to any suggestions the doctor gives her. But still, she's spending time and energy that could be funneled into living her life. Yet she still goes because she thinks that's what she's supposed to do and is afraid of what might happen and what people might say if she stopped going. One of the most important things that we can all do to take care of ourselves is to reduce the fear in our lives. I love the acronym of false evidence appearing real, fear. So taking responsibility for our health means moving out the fear so that we can make choices that support are developing a sense of self, as that sense of self within that feels good. Sometimes we have to clear energy around being different from others that are around us, or the fear of answering questions from others. One client recently had an ear infection. She was perfectly content to let her body heal with the information that we provided but her husband was pushing her to go to a doctor. He even told her that he could not stay married to someone who did not take care of herself by refusing to see a doctor when she was sick. It was a great time for this woman to become clear on her priorities in life and to practice living her truth. She agreed to go to a doctor by a certain date, but of course she had recovered by then. She had no intention of going to the doctor and every intention of healing. And that's where she put her energy in the direction of healing. And that's a big factor in any self-healing process, trusting that what we're doing will bring the desired results. We need not be rigid about it. We can be open to many possibilities, but we do need to keep our energy focused. And not blindly, but with good understanding. The energy of doubt will impede the healing process. And the doubt energy is harmful to our health. Our bodies and our minds naturally want to move toward balance. And that's something, the first time I heard it, it didn't quite sink in. But then I've experienced it so many times. We just need to get out of the way. Stop thinking too much. (laughs) It also means to stop doing the things that are causing the problem. I realize I may sound like a broken record. I repeat myself with this often. But it's so important, and many of us have trouble hearing it at first. That may include changes to how we think, act, eat, and relate with others, because everything is connected and plays a part in our health. Many people say they want to be healthy and will do anything because they're desperate, yet they're not willing to make simple changes such as no snacking. And we don't hear from them. (laughs) No. We've become accustomed to living life in an unnatural way in modern society. Pleasing the senses at their whim is is unnatural, but it's most common these days. 
as is suppressing emotions with snacking and overeating and drinking alcohol and watching TV or over-exercising, and the list really goes on. Our minds are meant to be a tool to select and reject in life. We can enjoy the use of our senses while abstaining from the misuse that causes disease. As we become more outwardly oriented and less connected to the God of our heart or our higher self, we lose our ability to discern and make good choices. And so then the result is doing things like watching violent movies or eating and drinking things that make us sick or listening to things that hurt our ears or disturb our sleep and so on. So this, this is misuse of our senses. Things like snacking become habit that we get attached to. And it re does require a desire for change and determination to make a shift. The mind becomes weak and we get attached to things. And so it needs training to become strong. A daily pranayama and meditation practice, even if just five minutes, is a way to start the repair of our inner connection and healing and to train the mind. Pranayama, practiced in a sattvic manner, calms vata dosha and in excess results in feeling scattered and out of focus. It's difficult to stick with anything when the mind is weakened unruly, but conscious breathing and meditation can correct this. The practice of taking pause, stop and take 12 deep conscious belly breaths, and then smile to yourself. Go about your day. If you do this three times in a day, it's quite effective. Money seems to be a factor for some people regarding holistic and natural approaches to health. It, they say it's not covered by health care, the herbs cost too much, and so on. In reality, we spend a whole lot more money and time missing work, driving to the doctor, and having to deal with symptoms that are side effects of drugs. A drug might take away the symptoms quickly, but all drugs imbalance vata dosha and the underlying cause continues to brew which shows up as another problem later on. Poor memory, scattered thinking, indecisiveness, depression, and more come from excess vata. Through the practices of Ayurveda, we increase clarity and focus while healing and balance so our life is enhanced on all levels. Another benefit of self-healing is that it cultivates self-honesty. Satya, or honesty, is one of the yamas in yoga. And the yamas are guides on how we behave toward others and the world. And the niyamas are guides on how we treat ourselves. The path of self-healing brings us into alignment with these principles. Another benefit is that we begin to practice ahimsa, or nonviolence, kindness, consideration, and respect for ourselves and others when we stop doing things in life that are causing mental and physical harm, things like drinking alcohol or combining fruit with other foods. Listen to our previous podcast about the yamas and niyamas and explore how you can develop these in your life. They naturally flourish as you align yourself with nature and conscious awareness of them will enhance the speed and the quality of your personal growth and progress in life, really in all areas. By drawing on our inner courage and choosing a path of self-healing, 
we become an example for others and can inspire them to let go of modern conditioning that weakens us as human beings. In this way, we are of service, and being of service is one of the greatest ways to bring satisfaction and fulfillment into our lives. Look for someone or something you can help out when you feel stuck in your head, fearful or depressed. Helping others gets us out of our heads in self-willed thinking and into life, where we have the opportunity for connection with others as well as the source of the universe. Let's take a break, and when we come back, talk about how to get started with your self-healing. These days, people mostly think of yoga as a form of exercise. The yoga asana, the physical postures we do in classes, are powerful ways to energize your body, but they are just one small component of the teachings. Yoga is a way of living that can bring peace, confidence, and the ability to connect to our true selves. It's a guide to help us find our truth by living kindness, consideration, love, and respect. Join us at our teacher trainings to deepen your practice, share yoga and Ayurveda with your community, and enhance all aspects of your life. Visit halepule.com for details. We're back. We've been talking about the path of self-healing. Now let's talk about how to get started with self-healing. Self-healing is based in education and self-responsibility. Find trusted resources that have quality information. We have an abundance of information on our blog that focuses on the simple and practical application of the teachings. There's a lot of information on the internet Just be sure it's presented from a sattvic point of view that honors the holistic and natural principles of Ayurveda. When you take a Western or perhaps Indian approach on the ancient teachings, it sometimes can dilute the power of Ayurveda. A great way to get started is by working with a practitioner. An initial consultation followed by regular check-ins as needed will guide you to clear up symptoms steering you away from disease, and teaching you how to maintain balance and longevity. Through regular work with a practitioner, you'll come to understand what dosha imbalance looks like and how to correct those imbalances for yourself, and to catch them when they begin. And this brings depth to our life and the opportunity to do so much more when you aren't bogged down with health problems. And this is true prevention and brings longevity with high quality of life. A common question is, does learning how to self-heal mean you will never need guidance again? We all need it sometimes. That guidance helps us move to a place of allowing the energy to flow where it had stopped, and hence healing takes place. The mind, the body, and the spirit are designed to operate in sync with each other. When they don't, we suffer, and when they do, we thrive. As you become established in health, you'll have sessions with your practitioner less frequently, perhaps with the seasonal change, and may eventually check in on an as-needed basis. Ayurveda is a holistic and natural science based in the principle of like attracts like and the opposite brings balance. When you're having symptoms of dryness, then you need lubrication. Crackers and popcorn will make the symptoms worse. 
If you're feeling too hot, then you need cooling foods and activities, not hot yoga and spicy curry. It's very practical. Ayurveda, if it's new for you, it's best taken in small chunks at a time. Make a few changes, allow yourself to experience the results. Your direct experience is what matters, not what someone says happens in a laboratory. Each individual is unique in their response as the body responds to what the mind is telling it through the flow of the energy or your prana. Then, when you're ready, you make a few more changes. It's a process of retraining your mind and living to be in harmony with nature. And that brings rewards that are far beyond what any of us can imagine. Begin by looking at your ahar, your diet, and your vihar, your lifestyle, and see where you can bring it into alignment with your true self and with nature. Some general items that apply to most include eliminating microwave ovens and fast food, refined food, caffeine, alcohol, and refined sugar. Have your food and drinks room temperature or warm and chew your food to liquid. Sattvic foods that have prana or life force are important for our well-being. These foods contribute to balancing the mind. Remember that we are what we eat. On our website, we have foods listed by the quality of sattva, balance and harmony, rajas, which is stimulation and activity, and tamas, inertia and dullness. The more we include sattvic foods and minimize rajasic and tamasic foods, the better we feel. Consuming sattvic food will support a clear mind. Thinking about food in terms of prana or life force requires that we go beyond the modern approaches to health. Food labels are not the only consideration when evaluating what is best to eat. Accessible nutrients are of course important and we can tell that by feeling the prana with our hands. Just take your two hands and rub them together a couple of times and then bring the hands out to the side, turn the palms toward each other and then slowly move the palms toward each other just so you can feel your energy. Then you can take your palm and move it toward an item of food and feel the prana. So when there is prana present in the food, you'll feel that energy field. It's really best just to minimize buying food in packages and then you don't have to worry about the label so much. And instead purchase as much fresh food as possible and from local growers as often as possible. When we practice balance and moderation and align with natural principles, life comes to balance. And then we can expend energy on things that are much more productive and fun. We had a question come in that relates to this. It is, are organic eggs recommended in Ayurveda? How do we get B12 eating entirely plant-based in Ayurveda with no eggs? Well, eggs are not the only way to get B12. I suggest not worrying about it, as the worry comes from fear and will cause more damage than any lack of nutrients. If someone wants to eat eggs, then I suggest they be sure to have less than more, as they're difficult to digest, and that they're combined with some vegetables to have a balanced meal of augmenting and extractive. 
We have more information on augmenting an extractive balance on our blog at hollypulley.com. In Ayurveda, we speak of the qualities in food and the digestibility. The qualities tell us about the impact of the food on the body and the mind. And of course, one needs to be able to digest it, or it doesn't matter how much of anything it has in it. Ideally, all of the food would be fresh and have accessible prana, and that happens by cooking it lightly with spices to bring balance and to bring enjoyment. In terms of lifestyle, going to sleep by 10 and getting up by 6 in the morning give us the best results. Getting out of bed before 6 a.m. will keep you uh, rising in the vata time of day, and you'll have more energy through the day than if you get up after 6. Begin your day with conscious breathing or a pranayama practice, and then at least a few minutes of meditation. Pranayama is specific breathing practices from yoga that ideally would be arranged for bringing balance to your doshas and to your time of life and the season of the year. Always make sure that you follow a pranayama practice with meditation so that the cumulative effects of the pranayama can be integrated. These practices bring us tremendous healing by getting energy moving in the proper directions and in the proper amounts. Having three meals a day at regular times, this is something that is quite simple, maybe hard for some people, but when you do it, it actually brings healing. Take a short stroll after a meal to connect with nature and support your digestion. Just these simple things will make a big difference in life. And it's a commitment to yourself for a good life. As we begin to take responsibility for our choices and the results they bring, we expand as human beings and can experience spiritual growth. And you might not think you're interested in spiritual growth right now. As you begin to align with what is natural, spiritual growth will start to happen without trying. You'll come to experience yourself in a new way and connect with the deeper, richer parts of yourself. And with that connection comes additional clarity and then a sense of freedom and ease in life. And then it's much easier to be in acceptance of life, and the more we accept life, the more we experience the depth of it. And then we can even experience deep, abiding joy. I've been learning that change is a constant and that it's best to work with it rather than resist it. It sure is. It is one of the keys to true healing, flexibility and acceptance of the ever-changing process of life. Forgiveness creativity and kindness are all practices that support our path and self-healing. You can begin cultivating these qualities anytime. We all have it in us. I like to remember that it's our birthright to be happy, joyous, and free, and to connect to our own power to heal and bring balance into our lives. Well, that's all we have time for today. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you enjoy widening your path of self-healing. And if you'd like to work with us to determine the best approach for you, we offer consultations in person and by phone, Skype, or FaceTime. 
Thanks so much for listening to Everyday Ayurveda and Yoga. Don't forget, if you have a question or a topic you'd like us to cover, just submit your question on Facebook or Twitter with the hashtag AskHaleePule. That's H-A-L-E-P-U-L-E. And if you want to go deeper on your own path toward health, book a consultation at HaleePule.com. In Ayurveda, we understand that we each have a unique constitution. Halipule's tridoshic approach is ideal for families and supports multiple constitutions. You can cultivate sattva in cooking, knowing that you're making meals that support everyone's constitution. Subtle adjustments may be required, but it doesn't need to be a stress point. To learn our tridoshic approach to create nourishing meals, Join simple Ayurvedic cooking with Halepule. The recipes are easy, delicious, and will leave you feeling energized. And the link to join is in our show notes.